Welcome to Q&A, a deeper dive with Sam Holm and other guests as we dig deeper into the sermon content each week. Well, good day to you. My name is Mark Presley, and yes, you are listening to A Deeper Dive with Sam Holm, and uh, we are deep into Romans. We're in Romans 14. Sam preached this week, the end of Romans 14. He even gave us a sneak peek into Romans 15, if you want to read ahead, but it was 14, 13 through 23. It was kind of on keeping your uh, friends from stumbling. I think you used the word, don't trip them up. Uh, not the exact words. I, ca- I, I titled our podcast, Don't no tripping, bro. Something like that. But uh, <laughs> I'm here with po- uh, with the my fellow podcaster Sam, and actually we have a special treat because there's something we need to address, Sam. Yeah. Now this is the third week in a row we're bringing up fantasy football. Yeah. We are not addicted to it at all. <laughs> trust me. But there was a little battle, and we actually gave Andrew a microphone this week. Andrew yes. is our technical director here. Or something like that. Something like that. And he is in charge of all things audio, video, all that kind of stuff. But he's been recording these podcasts, and we thought we'd give him a microphone because you beat him this week in fantasy football. Demolished by... him. No, no, oh, no. It was, it was .22. In other words, if one of his running backs or a quarterback got like five more yards, he would have won. But you beat him, and he has been crying all day because of it. It's, it's been a rough day. Uh, Sam has been texting me relentlessly over the past couple days. Just little random messages is getting in my head about it. And uh, absolutely, it, it was it was a very sore defeat. Uh, so I texted you this weekend. I said, it looks like it's going to be close. I had no idea. It was gonna, so like just to, for context, when you say point two two points, like overall points for the week, yeah. I had 176 points. Andrew had 176 points. Monday night football last night, the game was basically over. I was down by less than half a point. And in our league, the way that our guy set it up, thanks, Fanzler, the way yeah. he set it up, that if the if your running back touches the ball as a handoff, right, you get a half a point. And so at the end of the game, they hand it to Clyde Edward Solaire. He gets no yards. He didn't get any positive but because he touched the football, he just had the, to touch it. And we are in the Fansler, Mark Fansler set this up and he loves high scoring. So yes, if you're into fantasy football, you'll go, you got how many points? But that's the fun of this league. It's tons and tons of points. <laughs> For I've, instance, had I played new England's defense, uh, which I had on the bench, uh, I would have got 52 points just from them. And I would have just smoked Sam, uh, but that's not what happened, and I'm kicking myself for it. The sovereignty of God, I think, is what we're discussing right now. you caused Andrew to stumble, which segues us right back into where we were with this podcast. Uh, But seriously, uh, why don't you recap again before we get going. Make sure you like, share, um, all the things you would do with the podcast. Make sure you tell other people about it. We, I know we... As I said, we took that little bit of a break, but we're back into this and we're people are listening back. We're hearing things. If you if you see us at church or send us an email and you can always send us questions. Uh, like I said last week, we got live questions on the air, but text the word question in 96123. You can do that. But this week, Sam, we were talking, you kind of Romans 14, 
uh, one through 12, you set it up on not judging others. And then we were kind of talking a little bit about what happens when people judge you. So why don't you recap your sermon for us? Yes. Well, we got to piggyback off of one of the questions that y'all sent in last week and the, the questions for the podcast and said, hey, well, what, what if people are judging us? How do we respond? The world says right now, don't judge me. Like that's, that's the way we want to respond. Like, well, don't judge me. You don't know what's going on in my life. Don't judge me. Uh, Paul, he says, hey, if that's happening for you, you need to make up your mind not to trip up your friend. Because if your friend's judging you, there's something you're doing that they have conviction against. And so if we're, we're, if we're seeking to try to reach those people for Christ, what does it look like for us to not trip up our friend. The word there, make up your mind, uh, the imperative command, decide. He, he says in verse 13, rather decide never to put a stumbling block or hindrance in the way of a brother. And so we dug into that, and then we, we ask, okay, if that's what he says, well, how do we actually apply that? We, we put some other verses on the screen, kind of put a don't blank if, right? Uh, if if you're uh, violating your own conscience, you don't want to do that. You should not do that. Paul teaches clearly in Romans 14. If you're going to break the law, you shouldn't do that. Temptation, conviction, maybe if there's pain in your life that could trigger, and that's not whatever. Uh, if you're going to, yeah. Uh, but also, if that's prompting it in who you're around, right? You don't want to trip up your friend. You don't want to cause your friend uh, to go towards sin. Uh, and so, that was the big point that we, the way we said what Paul's saying, make up your mind not to trip up your friend. And uh, I went back and watched back your sermon. And I will say one of the things I think I find myself doing uh, is on many of these issues. And, and we were discussing even before we started recording how this is more of a gray type thing than black and white. Yeah. And we all like the black and white, the, the list of do's and don'ts. But this becomes some gray based on personal convictions and your study of the Bible and all that. But as you put up that don't blank if, uh, and you put the list, and I think you just read them, but law, temptation, conviction, pain, company, I find myself a lot of those, like, let's say, PG-13 movie, mm -hmm. you know, and you mentioned, well, if you're 12, you shouldn't even see it. That's, you know, <laughs> that uh, talking about those kind of things. And, and you can go back and listen to that sermon, firstmckinney.com slash on demand. I find a lot of times we try to justify yep. those five things and say, well, but... And, and we do that when really, if we just look at that list and and apply that list to our life and our decisions or or some choices, personal convictions we make, it kind of answers those before we even get going. That's right. But, but we want to do the thing. We want to watch the thing, participate in the thing, whatever it is. And we overlook that list and then justify why we can overlook that list. Absolutely. Absolutely. You were even, I thought, was helpful for me as we were talking about this pointing out that uh, it almost, if, if you take it to an extreme, uh, could prompt you to violate your own conscience because you're justifying doing it so that you can reach someone. And that's, that's not what Paul teaches in Romans 14. He says you need to be fully convinced in your own mind, and then you need to do that for the glory of God. I think what he is speaking towards here, if there's people that feel the freedom, it's not against their conscience to do it. Well, how do you know if I'm going to do it or not? Well, definitely don't do it again if it's going to tempt you to sin or tempt someone around you to sin. You need to flee from temptation. You don't you don't try to get close to temptation. You want to run the other direction. Um, yeah. I think the question you're referring to that came in was, how do we determine that line mm -hmm. between holding our own personal conviction and basically, uh, just to paraphrase the end of that, not falling through 
so we don't trip up a brother. In other words, win the person to Christ, whatever it takes. Uh, you mentioned some during your sermon, drinking, other things like that. Is there a line, or how do you determine that line? Does that make sense? What yes, and I'll, I'll read the question again. How do we determine that line between holding firm to our personal conviction and not following through with it so we don't trip up a brother? I would say if you have a personal conviction after studying Scripture, and if you have, again, personal encounter with God, He's led you to believe this is not okay for me to do. You should not do that even to reach a brother. You don't, you don't violate your own conscience to reach a brother for Christ. That's, that's not what I think Paul's addressing here or in the—we went also and looked at 1 Corinthians 8, 9, and 10, where he says, hey, in one environment, eat the meat. In the other environment, don't eat the meat. Well, well he's, he's you know, become a chameleon to the people you're around. Uh, you don't do that if to become that chameleon, you're violating your conscience. I think some of it's relationship, too. You know, we're talking about do's and don'ts, and in the end, it's relationship. You know, just in raising kids, rules without relationship. You know, they they have that phrase all the time. But if you're parenting, uh, it's a it's not easier to discipline the kid, but the kid knows you love them through that discipline. In the same way, relating that out to judging others, you know, they might have an issue uh, drinking, something like that, that you don't or have personal convictions against. It's a lot easier to have that friendship if there's some love there, some relationship there, other than just the rules of the do's and don'ts. Yeah, and praise God. And one of the things we, we tried to talk about a little bit this week is praise God that our relationship with God is not primarily based on a list of do's and don'ts, right? He gives us this list to help us. He loves us, and He wants us to learn to love each other even when we have differences in opinions or convictions even. Um, But yeah, praise God that He has uh, given us, by grace through faith, access to Him into a relationship that's perfect based on His action, not ours. So uh, another question that came in says, Paul seems to be confusing. And it, this is kind of, I think, where you're going. But first he says, don't do anything against your conscience. Conscience, I can't say that word. It's tough for me. Then he says to default to the conscience of the person you are around. Um, you want to, don't these conflict with each other? Yeah. So they, we had 14 and the end of 14, and they're conflicting. Yeah, they can, they can sound like they can conflict. In fact, I'm going to read specific out of the passage what he says. Verse Five of Romans chapter 14, which was not last week, but the week before sermon. Again, firstmckinney.com slash on demand. Just plug that in there. Yes. One person esteems one day as better than the other or another, while another esteems all days alike. Then he says, each one should be fully convinced in his own mind. And I think that he's leading you to do something cognitive there. And he's wanting you to press into what does the scripture teach and get to the point where, no, this is what I believe or this is not what I believe. And then he says, well, then run with that, right? The one who observes the day observes in honor of the Lord. Do it for his glory. That's what we're saying. Look up to Christ and live live for him, not for, yeah. The one who eats, eats in honor of the Lord since he gives thanks to God, while the one who abstains, abstains in honor of the Lord. He's saying you need to live in line with the conscience that, that you have and you've been given. So the, when, when there's freedom, right, the freedom is when, no, that is not something that I believe is wrong, so should I do it or not do it? Well, that's that's when there's more of an opportunity for you to say, okay, well, if for me there's not a law against it, I'm not tempted to sin if I if I do this. There's not a conviction in my life. There's not pain. What about for my the company that I'm around? 
Uh, is there a law against it for them? Would this tempt them to do something wrong? Do they have a conviction against it? Is there pain in their life around this? Then, then I think uh, we have the the freedom to go that direction. Not if it's against your conscience or against their conscience. Neither one of those. If if either one against either conscience, then it's off the table. I believe. And I I would even as you're reading out that list, I don't want the people listening to this to hear you don't hang out with those people. Absolutely right. We we need to be we need to reach the world right. Uh, yeah. So re- yeah, if 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 they're doing stuff they should not do, we still pursue them in love, right? Jesus yeah. said we're, we're, and when he was praying for disciples, I want them to be in the world, not of the world, but sent to the world, right? My favorite line from your sermon this past week, uh, you said, live for the other person to come to Christ. Hmm. And just that that settled with me that we're supposed to show with our actions. Now, there needs to be some verbal interaction there, but we need to show with our actions the love of Christ, live and love like Jesus, as we say around here. Yeah, absolutely. Okay, so I'm going to throw you a little bit of curveball, but we got three different questions, one by email and then two coming in, and they actually, uh, I don't want to say they argue against each other, but they were all about holidays and how you celebrate holidays. You know, uh, in the Christian circle, Halloween is controversial, the way we celebrate Christmas, Santa, those kind of things, and not to put you on the spot, but uh, some were... Uh, one person was asking, what do I do if people are saying I shouldn't do that? And the other person wrote in and basically said the exact opposite. I want to do that. What do I do when people, uh, or I don't want to do that. What do I do when people tell me I should? So kind of address the holiday issue. Wow. Uh, I love that you're all asking the question. One, because it's in the text, right? And so we are diving deeper here. Like it, that, We talked a lot about the diet with specific examples. We didn't talk a lot about the days. And for them, there was Jewish religious holy days, the, the Gentiles that were coming to faith in Christ. So we don't need to celebrate those, right? Uh, so there, there was a tension there. There is still very much a tension now. Um, one of the guys I quoted on Sunday, Vody Bauckham, uh, said said that hey, he's he was saying that the Matthew seven one was the new John three sixteen that don't judge people right. Vody Bauckham does not celebrate Christmas, and he does not celebrate Christmas because he says I don't celebrate anything that has any mass involved in it. Like, and he's very he's adamant about that, right? I love Vody. I listen to Vody. I respect Vody. I think Vody helps me understand different passages of scripture. He's a great Bible teacher. My family celebrates Christmas. Now, is it okay to say that out loud? Well, what do we do? So this tension is is a tension that's very present, I think, in our culture. I think most of it had, of, of, of us, and in my own life, also my, my childhood, have faced it around Halloween maybe more than we have around Christmas. Kind of more those. And and both questions actually said pagan holidays Yes, in the wording when they said, yes. which would be a Halloween, yeah. um, not necessarily Christmas, but yeah. Yeah. So before I even say what I'm going to say, some of you listening right now may have studied hard and are fully convinced in your own mind that it's right or it's wrong. Uh, Some of you have not. And I, I think it's important that you do that. I also think it's important when you study that what you're studying first is God's Word, and then, too, that you look at histor- history documents that are on both sides. So for me and my family, like we see both Halloween and Christmas as Christian holidays, believe it or not. Uh, Hallowed Eve was what Halloween initially came from, where you would talk about the saints that had passed before, and you talk about what God had done in and through their lives. So you would, for there was a hallowed Eve where you talked about the dead saints. 
And so one of the things we try to do as a family is do that. Now, uh, some would say, no, okay, there's definitely a lot of witchcraft involved now in Halloween. And I think there is some witchcraft involved in Halloween. I think there's also witchcraft involved in anything that you would put out there right now. I mean, that, that, that's, uh, so it, I mean, that gets at, and that overlaps with, uh, uh, when do we boycott versus not boycott? And that's conversations I've heard from other people just verbally, not through text. So I would encourage you to look into it. Um, if you have issue against celebrating either Halloween or Christmas, I, I would invite you to study what are the Christian backing behind those two holidays. Uh, if you have friends that have issue in you celebrating them, I would you I would invite you to say, hey, send me where you get that this is wrong and to study it, okay? So then once you're fully convinced in your own mind, then the question is, so what about if my friend feels different, right? Uh, so that's when Paul, and again, in this passage, he's teaching you not do. I, I showed you in, in uh, chapter 8, 9, and 10 of 1 Corinthians, where he actually teaches in some environments you do things that would be controversial based on the conviction of the other. You do not disobey your own conviction, right? Uh, you live in line with your conscience. Uh, you study Scripture, you become fully convinced you're wrong, and you do that for the glory of God. So you don't celebrate Christmas for the glory of God, or you do celebrate Christmas for the glory of God. If you can't do either one for the glory of God, then you're messing, missing it. When your friend comes over, tone down whatever that is, right? If your friend has conviction against Christmas, maybe turn the Christmas lights off in your house and your Christmas tree when they come over, right? Uh, if, if your friend, whatever, does celebrate Christmas, right, doesn't mean you need to put up a Christmas tree. That, that's against your conscience. Uh, but don't look down on them when they accidentally maybe share about the Christmas gift that they got their kid, right? Um, we have to look for what is it that we can do to reach the other person for Christ, uh, without violating our own conscience. Sounds a lot like, I don't know, this word we use, grace. Yeah. You know, I'm, I'm kind of being a little sarcastic. but yes. um, I would also say, I think a key there, and you didn't use these words, but for me, it's asking questions. You know, if if a friend does or doesn't celebrate Halloween, I'll be honest, Sam's neighborhood has, neighborhood has full-size candy bars <laughs> if you want a good place to <laughs> trick or treat. Uh, it's also packed, but it has full-size. Now, Sam does not have the full-size candy bars, but all his neighbors do. Um, but uh, we're way off on a tangent there. But what I would say is start with questions, you know, and if it's not just not just to Christianity, and that's what the passage is talking about, dealing with other Christians with personal convictions, but maybe there's someone that has a different religion, you know, Diwali's coming up. Ask the questions, because that can start a conversation that can lead to uh, someone coming to Christ. But within our own religion, within Christianity, ask questions, and don't ask questions saying you already have the answer. Ask questions to learn. Absolutely. Uh, I'm trying to teach my boys about active listening, and I, and uh, uh, maybe not even listening, not to go off and make this therapy session, but listening with the phone in your hand and playing a video game. But yeah. I'm saying uh, active listening. Ask a question without already knowing the answer. Absolutely. And, and and I think that's where it starts when it's about any of these. And not just holidays, but to bring it back to the passage, it could be about diet. It could be about drinking. It could be about some way you parent. You know, and we've talked about parenting here. If I'm in a restaurant and and or I'm vacationing with another couple that parents different than us, you yeah. know, ask the questions of why, why they came to that conclusion that without starting an argument, 
you know. I think that's super helpful what you're saying, Mark. Like if if God wants us, and why would there be Romans 14 if he did not want us to be in relationship with others that see things differently than we do, right? And I think there's an opportunity for us to grow in that if we are, like you're saying, asking questions, truly listening, uh, really getting to the point where we can be fully convinced in our own mind, not because of our echo chamber, but because we're really looking hard at it. So. The other thing, and, and we aren't relationship experts in any way, I think it's also finding the common ground. You know, there's other things that we can have common ground on, like yeah. fantasy football for us. <laughs> but I'm saying not just focusing on the negative, the don'ts, that your family does this or I do this and you don't do this. Find some positives between you. Yeah. And again, we're not relationship experts. But so, I, No, what, uh, Rebecca said I'm a relationship expert. She, I don't think the look she gave you on Sunday, I don't no, think she said uh, you're that. you're exactly right. <laughs> Uh, one last question, and it kind of leads us into next week as as uh, we kind of end this podcast a little bit here. But if Romans 14 is really teaching people in the church how to work through issues that are non-essential, and we had a former pastor call them not core, core and not core, but not essential, how do we treat those outside the church if we have a disagreement about non-essential issues? Yes, great question. Love that it's recognizing that in Romans chapter 14, he's talking about a brother, right, that has, uh, and he's, I believe, addressing the Jew and the Gentile who's in the church. Again, key difference that they believed you could be saved with these different convictions. Like when someone believed you had to do these things to be saved, Paul responds very differently, right? Paul opposes them to their faith. He, uh, cur- he says you need to curse people that teach a different gospel, that you have to do anything to earn favor with God. These are people who are saved that are saying, hey, okay, what does it look like to walk in obedience? What does that look like? How do we respond to those outside of the church if we have a disagreement about a non-essential issue? Well, first I would just say you can't expect them to live in line with what Scripture teaches if they don't know Christ. Uh, they don't have the teaching of Scripture to, to follow. They don't have the Holy Spirit to empower them to follow it. So we can't expect them. But Paul, conveniently enough, in chapter 15, as we continue to move forward, is going to talk about what does it look like for us with our neighbor. That says, let each of us please his neighbor for his good to build him up. And he's going to talk with us about, again, denying ourselves, similar to what he talked about in this passage, for the good of the other person, uh, for the conscience in the other person's life, to, to really live loving our neighbor like Christ has loved us in order to draw our neighbor to Christ. And so, uh, yes, you're asking the right question. I'm not going to tell you the full answer. You need to, you need to read ahead with us. Look what he says in Romans chapter 15. We're going to go to verses 1 through 13 this week. He's actually going to say the same thing twice, um, give scriptural backing for it, and then pray it into practice in chapters, uh, chapter 15, 1 through 13. And I know you said uh, in this last week's sermon, this is a great evangelism sermon. So would it be a good one to invite a friend, neighbor to hear, or is it one to hear and then apply? I hope every sermon would be a good sermon to invite a neighbor to hear. Uh, we want to. You'll you'll hear me say often in a sermon, hey, if you don't have a Bible, there's one in the pew in front of you. If you're new to the Bible, we're so glad you're here. We've all been new at one point, you know, whatever. Like we, we want to constantly try to talk to those who are not in the church 
because we recognize that I had a conversation this last week, so exciting for me, with an individual in our church who had a, a person come over to fix their appliance, and they initiated a conversation with them about faith, wanting to talk Jesus with them. First, they actually talked uh, astrology stuff, and then found out that this person had just started coming to our church, and uh, super cool. Uh, I, we want we want your neighbor to be here, and we want you to be loving your neighbor like Jesus loves us, and we'll talk about that. So. If your neighbor comes, they're going to really hear more of what you're supposed to do than they're supposed to do and then what Jesus has done for them. But again, we hope you're getting involved with your neighbor and, yes. and basically sharing Christ, living, loving like Jesus. Yeah, and, yeah. and if you don't celebrate Halloween or if you do celebrate Halloween, it doesn't matter. Either way, there's an opportunity for you coming up with the neighborhood Blocktober bash opportunity. And so if you want to host an opportunity to, to bless your neighbors as uh, many will maybe trick-or-treat in a few weekends coming up. We have an opportunity for you to do a Blocktober bash on any night uh, coming up for uh, to bless your neighbor. And uh, I think we're about done here, but I do want to say, again, we hope that you like, share, subscribe to this podcast with your Apple, Spotify. There's a couple other ways to do that. Uh, if you want to hear any of the past messages, I know we're almost through the end of Romans, but if you want to catch up on any of that, firstmckinney.com slash on demand. And then the most important thing, if you want to ask a question that Sam or I can address or Samurai, you like that? I'm samurai. Ninja. ninja. <laughs> samurai. Uh, or Andrew. Andrew's always here. Yes, he is. Yeah, I think he turned off his microphone. No, I'm still here. Okay. I love it. <laughs> he's he's still over in the corner pouting because you beat him at fantasy by point two. Uh, thank you, hey, for the record, uh, for the record, I still have a losing record thanks but, to you last week. Yes, I, I demolished you. And I, I, I demolished Ryan, too, this week also. So if you know Ryan, you can go tell him that Mark beat up on him. Uh. But that's why I love fans for scoring. So, but um, that does kind of wrap it up. I'm going to give you the last word. But again, I know I just said this, but like, share this, tell other people about it, get the word out. And again, I think I was in the middle of it, but text the word question to 96123 to ask us a question. Even if it's not about that week's sermon, maybe we can try to fit it in the podcast some way. Yeah. Hey, I love Romans 14, calling the church to really ask the question is what am I in my life right now? Drawing my friend, my even person that I'm going to church with closer to Christ, or am I pushing him away? Uh, don't violate your conscience, but also don't violate their conscience when you're around them. Uh, you need to die to yourself in order to love the person you're around. Thank you for joining us this week on Q&A at Deeper Dive. We hope you'll like, subscribe, and share this podcast along with others. You can submit your questions by texting question to 96123, and we'll discuss those each week. Again, thank you for joining us.